It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. It is a Thursday, I swear. I can see the weekend from here. Weather-wise, you just heard from Don Day. He'll be on 645 with an extended forecast. 745, we'll talk about the changes in the weather. Because some changes are coming, but we just keep easing our way into the season. So it just gets colder. That threat of snow slowly starts building again. It's almost like the weather's decided to be nice to us this year or something like that. Speaking of being nice, okay, first story I just want to touch on real quick before I get into the next story. We're going to start on the East Coast, then jump over to the left coast. On the East Coast, Washington, D.C., there were some pro-Israeli protesters in Washington, D.C. I think that was yesterday. And fine, they get to march and speak and say what they want to say. Last night, it was pro-Palestinian protesters. Fine, they get to march and do what they want. The pro-Palestinian protesters got violent. Not really a surprise there. My attitude toward all of this is, look, even if I disagree, you want to get out there and say something, say what you want to say, go ahead. But the moment you start getting violent, we have a problem here. And because of that, some members of Congress were hustled out through those underground tunnels and so on they have there because they were concerned about some of the – they want they, – these protesters wanted members of Congress to do something to force Israel into a ceasefire. I don't know what they expect America to do. It's Israel's decision to make, but okay. To the protesters out there, rather than the usual opening I have for you in the morning – I just have a message to the protesters out there all together now. Be courteous, kind, and forgiving. Kind and forgiving. Be gentle and peaceful each day. Gentle, peaceful. Be warm and human and grateful. Warm and fuzzy, if you would. And have a good thing to say. Most of the time. Be thoughtful and trustful and childlike. Childlike, that's me. Be witty and happy and wise. I try to be witty, wise. Be yeah. honest and love all your neighbors. Well, except for that one guy be up the street. purple and clairvoyant. Be pompous, obese, and eat cactus. Obese, most Americans are. Be dull and boring and omnipresent. Never boring, no. Criticize things you don't know. That's all I do on this program. Put a live chicken in your underwear. Yeah, Carl. Put a live chicken in your underwear. Go into a closet and suck eggs. Which all you Palestinian protesters can do. Go into a closet and just suck eggs. Okay. There you go. Look, if you want to protest something... Go right ahead. As an American, I will say you have every right to say what you want to say. But the moment you get violent about it, now we have a problem. I hope you understand, though I think some of you don't. Now, that was on the East Coast. Let's go to the left coast. On the left coast, headline and some, look, parody websites, the good ones, oftentimes have headlines that really explain what's going on. Oh, you could put a headline on up there that explains what's going on, but if you really want to know what's going on, go to a parody website like 
the Babylon Bee, which as much as I love Onion News, Onion's been around for a very long time, I much more admire these days Babylon Bee. I think they've outdone the Onion. Their headline reads, Communist Dictator Welcomes President G." Yeah, so the, yeah, yeah that's right, the, the, the president of China. So the communist dictator would be the governor of California. You see what I mean here? A story reads, San Francisco, on the freshly scented avenues. <laughs> she said, just, well, no, I. that's the perfect way to start this. On the freshly scented avenues. That's. <laughs> of San Francisco. A summit was held between one of the most feared communist dictators in the world and President Xi Jinping of China. Quote, glorious, most excellent chairman, meet President Xi, said Gavin Newsom, shook hands with President Xi. Please allow us to escort you through the streets of our communist utopia, freshly cleaned of poo and, and poor people. The iron-fisted tyrant showed Mr. Z around in San Francisco, pointed out all of the private property he had seized and destroyed. The tr- quote, the truly satisfying part is when you openly show how the rules crushing their lives do not apply to you, said Gavin Newsom. Yes, Mr. Z, you are far too soft psychologically on your subjects trying to Sell them on the idea that you are all serving a common cause in union. You must force them to serve your cause while openly flaunting that you don't believe in the cause. Because, well, obviously, you know, Gavin Newsom thinks himself above everybody else. So that, my friend, is how you truly break their spirits. As an aside, welcome the dictator, Mr. Z, to the mansion where the summit would be held. All of the pores have been thrown out. As you wished, O oh glorious wise chairman. The entire staff of French laundry awaits you, flown in by chopper over the smoldering ruins of I-10. At uh, publishing time, President Xi Jinping reportedly gl- declined to play basketball with the dictator having seen what happened to the last Chinese person who tried that. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the first story, which I think really does explain yeah, better than just Xi Jinping arrived. Okay, one headline I had for you. Wait a second, I got to back up to... There's another headline also from the Babylon Bee. Here it is. Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom, assures the homeless that they can resume pooping on the sidewalks as soon as his boss leaves. And his boss in this story would be Xi Jinping. Story says, as the California Governor Gavin Newsom initiated a last-minute cleanup of San Francisco ahead of a visit from China's communist dictator Xi Jinping. He assured all unhoused persons in the area that they can resume their normal practice of sidewalk defecation as soon as his bosses left town. Quote, please, we need to try and keep the place clean just for a few days while my boss is here, said Newsom. Please don't mess it up. For me and President Xi, 
I really want to impress him. Please hold it in for a couple of days. Clench or something. After that, you can poop to your heart's content. Thank you. Please, he added, if you play your cards right, she may even let me become president. And that's huge for me. Sources say locals were shocked to wake up on Monday to find their streets clean, safe, free of mountains of human fecal matter. What happened? Where am I? Where did all the poop go? (laughs) Did I die and go to heaven? To keep their streets pristine through the planned Wednesday visit, Newsom also authorized a temporary relocating of all homeless to Chinese-style labor camps. (laughs) So, see, once again, Sometimes the best way to report a story is just uh, report it directly as it actually happened. Sometimes parody is the best way to describe what's really going on. 6.15 is the time. Wake up. Wake up one woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six point two is the time. It's wake up my only morning. Rianne, she's in Fort Danger. She sends me a note. Man, this is more believable than Fox and CNN. Oh yeah, it is. If you're just joining me, I just read a couple of headlines from the satirical website Babylon B. And what the headlines were: one communist dictator welcomes President Xi Jinping, which of course that means Gavin Newsom of California, the communist dictator, welcomes the president of China. And then also, Gavin Newsom assures homeless they can resume pooping on sidewalks once the boss leaves. So uh, both those headlines, in order to be funny when it comes to satire, there has to be a grain of truth in it. And in the two stories that I just read, which were just hysterical, perfectly written, there's a little bit of truth scattered throughout the entire story in each of those stories. That's what upsets some people about satire. And what kills me, I think it's hysterical, is when Babylon B is labeled by Facebook as, well, uh, this is misinformation. No, it's satire. There's, It's not misinformation. It's satire. But, of course, Facebook can't tell the difference, you know, why Facebook gets so much wrong. Now... At the same time, one of the reasons that I like reading stuff like this, besides that satire oftentimes tells the story better, but it often often makes a point better than just being an obnoxious jerk and screaming at people and so on. Sometimes the best way to make a point is to lampoon what's going on, and people seem to understand and get that a little bit better in many cases than just coming out with the truth of it. That's why I love doing it myself. But also why I love things like Babylon B, because of, well, sometimes these headlines, they have a thing called Not the B. There's the Babylon B website, then there's Not the B. And Not the B is when they've come across headlines which look like satire. When you read them, say it out loud, it sounds like it should be a satirical headline. This can't possibly be true, but it is. And so I have here in front of me, I think I've explained this to you guys before, but here's what it looks like in front of me. I have files going down my web browser, and the first one says news, and there's subcategories here. So first, top news. Now, top news doesn't mean a website 
like you would expect, well, big news organization like uh, Fox News or New York Times or something. No. These are websites that actually produce stories, find stories and put them out that are not the big mainstream stories you're going to get from everybody else. They're very important, though. They're good stories. But they're not what most media outlets are putting out there. Therefore, a lot of these news sites are not as well known. Like, for example, the Center Square is one of them. A Hot Air Blog is another one. Hot Air Blog is more of an opinion website, but still they find stories that most news organizations either don't know about or just pass over. So I have, uh, let me see, uh, one, two, three, four, five sites that I go to every single morning that are on my top news file. I will go to, to those sites every day. And they actually provide real news, the bulk of what I talk to you about every single day. The second news file is, yeah, Fox News is in there, but they were demoted a while back and they barely hang on. And you would think, well, it's Fox News. Yeah, most of what they do is garbage. Now and then, though, they come up with a headline that makes me go, what? Because they have a breaking news story. Other than that, Drudge Report used to be really good, not so much anymore. And then there's a whole bunch of others in there um, from various both left and right-leaning news sites. But I'm just looking for headlines at that point. I've got to be careful because in the second news category, oftentimes it's very opinionated, like I have in here USA Today, which can be very opinionated, right? Uh, And then I go to my opinion section, things like this. But when it comes to... Uh, a top news site, you know, one of them in top news is not the B. Yeah, they, they actually provide news and information that I give to you every single day that many other news organizations just passed over. But again, their headline tends to be something that you normally wouldn't believe if you read it. That's what I like about these. I go to Not the Bee and I think the headline is, what? That can't be true. And yet it's a true story. Oftentimes I find this on many others. So I've got some today as we get into it a little bit later on this morning. I've got some other headlines that when I read the headline to you, you're going to think, oh, come on. You're putting this on. Now, I haven't done this in a while. I I should go back to it just for the fun of it. Every so often I, I used to warn the listeners, I'm going to read a headline and a story to you today, and the story is going to be fake. And when you hear that fake story, I want you to call the program and call me out on it, that that story was fake. And so I would go through a bunch of stories, like on Not To Be, that you would think, that can't possibly be, but those stories are real, and then I'll throw in one that's fake. And that's where, in the bizarre world that we live in today, that's where it's very difficult to believe some of what's going on some days. But I like to keep people uh, on the ball, if you will, paying attention. When you read a headline, is that true? And oftentimes, especially when it comes to things like the cult of climate change and COVID and, you know, uh, green energy, stuff like that. You'll read headlines there that you think, you know, like, for example, the polar bear population will be extinct soon. Uh, it sounds reasonable, right? Nowhere near even true. Yeah, that's most of what I do every single morning when I get here is just sort through to try to find stories that are actually true. 
And then those that aren't true, call them out to you. It's a tough job, folks, but somebody's got to do it. Speaking of news, coming up on local news, right after local news update on your weather forecast, there are some changes in that forecast. Slow, but they're coming. Then you and I get back into it again. Uh, They did pass a continuing resolution in government spending. Harriet Hageman from Wyoming voted against it. I'll tell you why. Let's wake up Wyoming. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods. 6.36 of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, real quick, uh, Washington, D.C. So we're coming close to another government shutdown. As you know, government ran out of money again, which is still confuses me because they had borrowed so much. But still, they ran out of that, and now we're coming up on a government shutdown, as they do every single year at this time. So they do what they always do. They kick the can down the road because they couldn't come up with any kind of a resolution budget deal. To their credit, the Republicans don't want to pass any kind of bill until there's actually spending cuts. But all right, that's the sticking point. So we have a new Speaker of the House now. He makes some kind of a deal... And there were 93 Republicans that voted against it. One of them, our own Harriet Hageman. I'll get to that in just a minute. But it was passed. Democrats overwhelmingly voted for it. Then it went to the Senate. So the Senate passed a continuing resolution, 87 to 11, with 10 Republicans and only one Democrat voting no. And none of the Democrats voting no were from Wyoming. They all voted, both our senators voted yes for that. Okay, so... With that, your House and Senate say good night, and they go off and take a Thanksgiving break. So, um, meantime, this headline from the Daily Signal, America's credit outlook is now negative. Full credit rating and the agency Moody last week downgraded its assessment of the federal government's debt outlook to negative. The move Friday followed the agency's August downgrade of overall federal credit ratings. The developments should come as no surprise to Washington. Gross national debt has climbed to $33.7 trillion, while Social Security and Medicare funds $75.3 trillion in the red. That means American politicians have dug a $109 trillion hole... And that's about $830,000 to every household in the country. Congress needs to start addressing the crisis, the story says, before, well, this will sink the nation. And it will. The credit rating agencies have a right to say federal debt is no longer risk-free as it should be. Investors are waking up and demanding higher interest yields, and et cetera. And it goes into all the details of what this would mean. And, of course, there was a – it talks here about the big spending spree during COVID and the spending spree afterwards. doesn't mention, but I will, President Biden lies. I I saved us. I cut a a trillion dollars from the debt. No, he added about $13 trillion to it. So that was a massive lie. All right. 
On that note, thank you at least Harriet Hageman. Congresswoman Harriet Hageman voted against kicking the can down the road with this continuing resolution. She said, while I appreciate the predicament that the new Speaker of the House, Johnson, finds himself in, we cannot do business as usual in Washington and expect different results for the American people. This short-term bill continues spending at current grossly inflated levels that were based on COVID-19 spending. It has no provisions to enact border security measures that would stop the flood of illegals entering our country and does nothing to rein in the regulatory state. The House of Representatives, she said, has already passed seven of 12 appropriation bills, which fund 75% of government. These bills are physically responsible, are designed to bring some physical sanity to Washington, D.C., and rein in the woke nonsense that permeated so much of our federal agencies. We should be insisting that the Senate take up these bills and pass them uh, we should not be simply delaying the process to until January or February. We are over $33 trillion in debt, she said. We have over 11,000 illegals crossing the border each day. The status quo is unsustainable. Now, that's a big thing, you sustainability. No, that's one of the big words that you hear today is it's got to be sustainable. Well, your government isn't sustainable right now. And all they did was continue spending at not just the highest levels that we've seen in history, but even higher than that at the COVID-19 levels, which is I, there's, there's no way to keep that up. Absolutely no way. It's got to stop. But as soon as we start talking actual real cuts, which we will at some point actually talk real cuts. Boy, you're going to hear some screaming. Even when we in the past have proposed minor little cuts, teeny little cuts, you hear people screaming bloody murder as if, boy, there's going to be bodies in the street. Well, if we don't start massively cutting back the federal government and getting and getting spending under control and start paying down this debt, this nation's in serious trouble. 642, wake up my... He's talking to himself in a padded room, and you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Frank, I've got a little bit of myth-busting for you this morning. All right, I'm ready. Okay, uh... Cold causes animals to hibernate. No. 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 They uh, just they're just tired. Uh scarcity of food. Oh. I thought maybe they were just tired of yeah, that's what tourists, I thought. Yeah, but yeah. or something like just tired, tired in general. Yeah, okay. Uh polar bears have white fur. They do have white fur. No, it's transparent. Trans- you can't see through that. Yeah, well actually if you get really close to it, it appears white when you put it all together, but if I were to show you an individual strand of polar bear fur it's transparent. Really? Yeah. I've been close to polar bears. You, well, I've never myself, and I don't really want to, but okay. But but I, but it was at the zoo. Oh, okay. But I, but they were right there in the pool, yeah, and yeah. they looked white to me. Yeah, they they did. Yeah, when, again, when you put it all together, it appears white. But individually, hold one up, you it's, can see right through it. Okay. Okay. Uh, never charge your smartphone overnight is a myth. 
Uh, let me see. Uh, on the contrary, why, why, why would you? Okay, actually, I, I do it all the time. Yeah, you're. Every, yeah, every, that's every a day. Yeah, here's the deal. The way they have them set up now, if you charge your phone during the day, they have a setting where it'll do a quick charge for you. Right. But at night, it does a slow charge, which is better for the battery. So there you go. Gotcha. Okay. Piranhas are man-eaters, like every Hollywood movie. They eat everything. Yeah. Uh, let me see. They, they, might, they might eat you, but I doubt it. Okay. They can inflict severe damage, but actually they don't tend to... And it could kill a human, but they don't tend to finish humans. I don't know. Would he taste bad or something like that? Uh, I don't, don't want to know. know. How that works. And, you know, I, I thought, Frank, as we were growing up watching television, like in the 70s and early 80s, I thought by the time we became adults that quicksand was going to be much more of a problem. It It is a problem. But, yeah, but every single television show out there, especially if they were out west or in the jungle, somebody was in quicksand yeah. trying to get out. Have you ever come across quicksand and had a problem with it? Well... I was at a lake in Georgia. Yeah. And I sank a little bit. Okay. And I thought I was going to continue to sink, and then but I stopped sinking. You just stopped. I mean, I mean, it was only like five inches. Okay. You know, I've never like, ah! come across quicksand in my life. I just thought it was going to be a major problem here. Okay. All right. One more for this segment here. So whenever you watch a movie and some uh, soldier is going to pull a grenade, he always pulls the pin out with his teeth? Yeah. Yeah. No. You don't you, pull it out with the no, teeth. No, you don't. No, you probably end up hurting your teeth afterwards. I mean, you just you just don't do that. No, you, you, there's a reason that it's made like a ring for your finger. Yeah, you don't pull it, which, of course, it looks cool when you pull it out with your teeth and spit the yeah. rings out, but it doesn't work yeah. that way. Junior college volleyball. Casper College lost their first round match in the national tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas yesterday in three sets to Miami Dade. 25-23, 25-14, and 25-19. The birds are 28-13 and 13 on the year. They will, be in a lose, they will be in a loser out match this morning against Blinn, Texas at 9 a.m. This is Casper's first appearance in the national tournament in 11 years. College volleyball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls with two more regular season matches. They will host the Air Force Academy at 6.30 tonight in Laramie. Cowgirls are 18 and 9 overall, but just 7 and 9 in Mountain West Conference play, sitting in 8th place. The top 6 teams make the Mountain West Conference tournament, so the Cowboys really don't control their own destiny. They would need to win tonight and Saturday versus New Mexico, and then get some help. The Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina tournament today, and they'll play St. Louis in the first round at noon Mountain Time. The Pokes have a ton of new faces, considering they lost a ton of folks to the transfer portal after a brutal 2022-23 season. So far, the Pokes are 2 and 0 on the year. They beat Cal Poly their last time out. St. Louis is 3-0 and and beat Illinois State their last time out. So noon tip-off mountain time for this contest. We'll have the for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowboy football team will try and earn their seventh win of the season on Saturday when they will host Hawaii. It's been an up-and-down season lately for the folks. They've lost three of their last four after a 34-14 defeat to UNLV last Friday. So the folks are 6-4 and overall, 3-3 three and three in Mountain West play. And once again, we'll see how they respond after a debilitating defeat Hawaii is four and seven overall, two and four in league play, but they beat the Air Force last week in Honolulu. That's the Falcons' only conference loss. Noon start on Saturday from Moore Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. A trio of Natrona County High School athletes have signed college letters of intent. Caden Lee will be going to Idaho State for track and field. He's one of the better high jumpers in the state. Seth Wilson, another jumper from Natrona, will go to Black Hill State in Spearfish, South Dakota. And Maggie Teague will be attending Shadron State for golf. She finished fifth at the 4A 
state tournament this past fall. Cheyenne with three athletes signing for their letters of intent this week. Talia Morris uh, will be going to the University of Wyoming for track and field. She owns the 4A state record in the long jump. Gracie Oswald will play softball at Black Hill State. She hit 538 this past season. And these distance runner Gracie Craig will run at Black Hill State in Spearfish, South Dakota. That's in sports. I have letters of intent, but it often doesn't work out like no. I, when I went to the grocery store, I intended to pick up the following <laughs> items. You know what? But but nobody's there asking you questions no, like really. at a press conference. Like, uh, and, and what what do you want from the grocery yeah, store? You know, exactly, what are your future yeah. goals at the grocery yeah. store? The number of people that I know who come back from the grocery store and go, "Oh, damn it, I forgot." Oh, that. I know. It's... And so I tell them, "Well, write a list down. Make a list of things." Well, they do, but then they go to the grocery store and they and they might even have the list, but they don't use the right. list. He probably forgot the That's list. That's exactly right. So there's your letter of intent. I intend when I get off work today to hit the gym. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. All right. Isn't that when you get a gym membership that's a letter of intent? Right. Uh-huh. Sure, Frank. All right. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. This was an interesting moment I just had. During that news and information break, I went to back there. I'd stretch my legs sometimes. I'll walk back to Mary's office, bother her. Sean, who goes by DJ Nike on one of our other stations, a conversation about energy drinks and coffee, right? Then I come back here, and I hear a Starbucks story on the news. I want to know from those people who are in Cheyenne, if you would, please. There's that Starbucks in downtown Cheyenne where they had some protests. They were going on strike. They wanted to unionize. Are they involved in today's protests? Okay, hang on. Because this, to me, was an interesting conversation. And even more interesting that I come back here to my studio and the news just continued our conversation so i work for starbucks here's the latest on this it's starbucks red cup day in case you didn't notice this so this the idea is uh red cup is where you're supposed to get a, a cup that will help you get through the holidays with a red cup of coffee with your name on it and all that kind of stuff all right so that's the red cup day story says thousands of starbucks employees nationwide set to walk off the job and, and are today. In the largest work stoppage of the five-decade history of the company, with union representing workers or leading this. Now, it doesn't mean every, because not everybody who works for a Starbucks works for the union. Many Starbucks, many Starbucks locations have union and non-union employees both working at the same location. Story says... Employees at hundreds of unionized stores will call on Starbucks to bargain labor contracts that will set conditions at the workplace, such as pay and benefits and so on. Since 2021, the union has organized more than 360 stores, employing roughly 9,000 workers, but the union and Starbucks have yet to reach an agreement. 
So the people are organized, but there's no agreement there, right? So the strike will conclude with Red Cup Day, the annual promotion that brings many customers to the company stores for a free holiday-themed reusable cup. Workers in 30 cities, including New York and Philadelphia, walked off the job early Wednesday and will remain on strike, at least through Thursday anyway. Joe Mills, Starbucks employee who works at the store in St. Louis, told ABC News the plan to participate in the strike, well, he plans to because the company has refused to bargain with the union. So again, they organized, but no bargaining. Now, being a member of the union has even been a bad thing. I'll explain as this goes. While the store where uh, workers typically bring about $8,000 in sales each day, imagine that, some places get that much. Promotional events, at least in addition to, it adds to an extra $3,000 in revenue on top of that. That's a 40% increase on Red, Bucks, uh, Red Cup Day. Starbucks, however, leaves staffing levels unchanged on promotional days, leaving it to the employees just to pick up the workload. So, quote, it's degrading and embarrassing to work in stores that are short-staffed on promotional days. When customers spend $10 to $12 on a drink, they shouldn't have to wait 45 minutes. It's lukewarm, it's not hot, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so... The story goes on to explain that those members, this is where being a, a union member is not a good thing. Those members of the union did not get a recent raise. Non-union members got a 3% raise and some other benefits. Union members got nothing. And the union is really upset about this. But Starbucks is saying, well, we haven't agreed to anything with you union members, so you don't get that raise. Wow, this is getting nasty. Federal labor law requires Starbucks to bargain in good faith with the union on workers, but does not mandate that the company agree to a contract. Starbucks has continued to bargain and continued and continued. The strike can raise awareness to help user morale and, you know, says some of the employers. Oh, here we go. The walkout is set to arrive less than two weeks after Starbucks announced that it will raise the hourly pay for retail employees by 3% next year. The minimum pay raise falls short of the annual pace of inflation. But, okay, in addition to the pay increase, Starbucks will reduce minimum number of days an employee must work to qualify for paid vacation and so on. Uh, and then it goes on. I just want to know if the Starbucks, because I know the Starbucks in Cheyenne had some uh, union organizing going on. Whatever happened to that? And I do remember some employees were outside of the Starbucks with signs protesting we're on strike. And at the same time, there were people inside still working and orders being taken and customers really didn't mind crossing the picket line because they like getting their Starbucks. All right, going to be interesting to see what happens. Now, for the conversation we were having in the back here during that news and information break, energy drinks, coffee, and is it a real coffee? Because DJ Nike likes his energy drinks. He doesn't like coffee. I've tried energy drinks. I don't like them. And to me, the coffee is not necessarily about the caffeine, although I do think decaf is the sin. 
But I do. I like bold coffee, and I don't put anything in it. A really, you know, rich, bold flavor. Nothing put in it. That's just what I like in the morning. Whether it has caffeine or not is not really a big deal to me. Okay. Uh, then there's those people who drink what I don't consider to be a coffee because it's more like a, a shake of some kind or an ice cream thing. It's a whipped foamy milk and all this kind of stuff with very little actual coffee in it. And they pay a lot of money for that. And I like to have those every single morning. And I don't see what that has to do with coffee. The whole topic is an excuse for me to play one of my favorite bits that I wrote and recorded years ago. Hello, welcome to Coffee Cabana. Our special today is the popular Mocha Mocha Kappa Mocha Kappa. What can I blend for you today? Uh, cup of coffee, please. Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, just, I'm sorry, just a regular size coffee, please. That's all. Oh, uh, I, I guess I don't understand. Uh... What part of that don't you understand? Well, for one, we have several different sizes. Petite, medium, alto, forte, muy grande, and crescendo. All right. I just want a small cup of regular coffee. Please. But I... Okay, look. Point to the cup that's the smallest. Okay, there you go. That's the one. Oh, okay. I see. And what would you like at that? Coffee. And? Just coffee. We have syrups and powders and toppings and frappalapalatas. Just coffee. Plain old coffee in a freaking cup. Oh, um. Look, I can take the cup. Perfect. Now, now, hold it under the coffee spout. Good. Now, fill it up. There you, there you go. Now, give it to me. That's it? Yes, that's all. Well, how long? Hey, whatever. How much? Six fifty, sir. Sorry. Um, six fifty. How is this little cup of coffee more expensive than a gallon of gasoline in my car? I didn't even add any frappa, lapa, mocha, crap, or whatever to it. Well, sir, the beans are dried on you, you, you solar know, panels. Never mind. And then we use yeah, wind power generators. But we're green. Look, I'll give you twenty bucks if you don't say another word. But. You know, there you go. Good girl. Might I suggest trading that for a decaf? Yeah, so is anybody in Wyoming on strike today at a Starbucks? I kind of doubt it. I work for Starbucks. And we're back. Sorry, we were busy tricking pescatarians into eating Rocky Mountain oysters. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Seven the time it's wake up Wyoming. I was going to get out of the coffee topic, go on to something else. But first off, Jedediah, shame on you. Jedediah is on the road. He writes me, I call my coffee Aretha Franklin. I like it big, black, and boiled. This is horrible, Jedediah. Uh, Jed Yoder, I think Starbucks uses bugs for flavor. Well, theirs is a really bitter, dark, bold, bitter coffee. If you take just regular, you know, Starbucks bold coffee there. But on that though, when I got done reading all of talking about all that to you, this story just popped up in the Wake Up Wyoming site from Felicia, which I believe is our help over there in Laramie. Red Cup Rebel Cheyenne Central Starbucks goes on strike today. Okay, so they are striking. For those folks in Cheyenne, 
at least the location in downtown China. I haven't read the story yet. We'll get into it. But at least the downtown location will go on strike. Although, if the strike is anything like last time, there'll be some people out front striking, but there's going to be people inside still working. And don't worry about it. Go in and get your coffee like everybody did last time. Here's what she writes. Starbucks coffee holiday red cups have become synonymous with the holiday. Across the nation, Starbucks branches hand out free plastic cups on Red Cup Day, marking one of the coffee chain's busiest days of the year. This year, Cheyenne Starbucks location won't be handing out Red Cups. In fact, they won't be handing out any coffee at all, she says. The workers at Cheyenne Central Avenue Starbucks location are on strike today, joining a movement tagged Red Cup Rebellion by workers across the country. A press release issued early this morning states the striking locations have banded together demanding the coffee giants stop illegally refusing to bargain with baristas over staffing and scheduling issues. So now, this is where I, I would like to know from those people who go to that or in that area in Cheyenne or go to that Starbucks location, are they, are they actually shut down for the day? Well, that's what the story says here that Felicia wrote. It, it says here in the press release early in the morning, workers at the Central Avenue Starbucks location are on strike today and w- won't be handing out any coffee at all, not just red cups. Are they actually closed? And downtown Cheyenne on Central. Because, again, last time they went on strike, but they didn't close. It stayed open. The Cheyenne Strike Committee shared a statement demanding mobile orders no longer be available on promotion days like Red Cup Day when the orders are higher than usual. Workers cite promotion days as a source of undue stress, including the influx of customers into stores. The press release pointed out any additional staff to cover the influx, well, they're not there on Red Cup Day, Drink orders pile up and are abandoned. Lines are out the door. Starbucks workers are left handling angry customers, all while trying to make complicated holiday specialty beverages as fast as possible. So in other words, you know you're going to have the busiest day of the year, but uh, let me see. So Nate and Casper, Cheyenne is northern Colorado. So is Laramie. Oh, okay. Well, it's... <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me about the Starbucks locations when I went to read that, Nate, but okay. No, you're not entirely wrong about that. Quote, we are waiting for corporations to stop uh, dragging their feet on bargain. The bargaining process changes need to happen in this company, et cetera, et cetera, said the statement. Uh, claims of union busted have haunted Starbucks for a few years, only escalating uh, since the first location unionized in 2021. And then Felicia goes on to tell the rest of the Starbucks story, which I already uh, read to you. Now, it says at the bottom, Cheyenne Central Avenue strike duration. This is where, again, anybody who's in Cheyenne right now, and I'll ask later in the morning when more people are up and around, if you're either near that location or you usually go to that Starbucks, the story says the Cheyenne Central Avenue Starbucks will remain closed all of Thursday today and reopen on Friday. They're just going to skip the busiest day out of the year, say the union employees. The union, well, the employees at that Starbucks wanted to unionize, and they did. 
But now where I had some doubts about the whole thing was because when they were on strike trying to unionize, again, there were still people inside. Miss Mary says, getting conflicting calls. One person said they're closed. Another said they were open. They may have been looking at different locations. Okay. So to clarify this, folks, since we're getting some response, and again, you can call Miss Mary, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS, or if you have the Wake Up Wyoming app, when you open the app, look right in the middle of the app, you'll see the chat option, and you can send me a text message. I'm specifically talking about the Cheyenne Starbucks location that is in downtown on Central. There are other Starbucks locations around Cheyenne, but they didn't participate in the strike or in unionization, just that one in downtown. So Miss Mary's gotten conflicting reports, if anyone knows uh, whether they're on strike, because they said they're going on strike and closing. Now, some Starbucks locations around the country have gone to unionize, and yes, they did unionize, they did. But they didn't totally unionize. So the stores sort of mixed half and half as to who isn't, who isn't. So while the strike, you know, the union employees may go on strike, there's other scabs, I guess you want to call them, that just decided not to. All right, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS, if you know that answer from Cheyenne. Beautiful day. I'd call it perfect. But it's missing something, don't you think? Ah, there it is. This morning just wasn't complete until your first cup of coffee, right? Yeah, there's nothing quite like a steaming cup full of an addictive drug in the morning. I'm Roger, and I'd love to tell you about Horton Brand Warm Addictive Brown Stuff. Please enjoy this footage of velvety smooth beans, followed by a well-shot close-up of a hot brown liquid that's brewed by mixing heated water with the roasted, smashed-up seeds of a flowering shrub native to Southern Africa and Tropical Asia. I only showed you that to remind you you desperately need your fix. (laughs) How could you forget? You see, these small brown seeds are a naturally occurring source of the world's most widely consumed central nervous system stimulant, caffeine. While most brain-altering substances are outlawed or at least tightly controlled by the government, this entire Entirely legal psychoactive drug is enjoyed by basically every person you know on a daily basis, completely unrestricted and with zero cultural stigma. In fact, it's openly celebrated by your friends, family, and morning television personalities. Smells so good, I can't wait to add flavors and sweetener to distract from the natural flavor of this thing I claim to love and not be addicted to. I do like it. It's just that two sugars and that hazelnut creamer make it. I'm not addicted. Junkies like him keep me a harvester of brown seeds in business. But not just me. Also me. A distributor of overpriced addictive sludge. It also comes in pumpkin flavored if you'd prefer that to the No, I don't want the pumpkin flavor. Phil in Cheyenne says Crooked Cup and Paramount in downtown Cheyenne. Why would anyone drink Starbucks when they have that awesome stuff? Coming up on local news. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Wake up, Wyoming.
Tennessee only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa at 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just one more or two more things on the Starbucks thing, if I could. So, T.Y. in Cheyenne says that there was well, a couple of locations, Starbucks locations that are in Cheyenne that are open. He said, including the Albertsons. Uh, and there's also, what was the one on Yellowstone that's open too? So, those locations did not unionize. If you're missing what just happened, Red Cup Day, busiest day in Starbucks every single year. And Starbucks locations that have unionized have decided to go on strike on that day because, hey, you're not paying us enough and we're understaffed for such a busy day. So a note went out because the Cheyenne location downtown on Central did unionize. I remember, you know, about a year ago, was it, folks, that they went on strike? So are they open? Mike is in Cheyenne. Hello, Mike. How you doing, Glenn? Yes, sir. Yeah, I just drove through town. I just drove through town, and the Yellowstone Starbucks is packed. There's traffic throughout in the Yellowstone, and then I drove by Central. They are closed with picketers out front with posters. So okay, okay. So that one, yeah, did all right. That that is one of their busiest locations too. It's a freestanding store. It's really busy, but I guess not today, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I usually drive by. I usually drive by both of them every day in the one on Yellowstone. That's as busy as I've ever seen it. So, yeah. all right, everybody's finding a new location. All right, thank all you, right. Mike. I appreciate Bye. it. I think that the Starbucks locations will still do a lot of business. Just the people who want those red cups today are going to go to the other locations. Only that one location in Cheyenne unionized, and that's their location in downtown, which is a freestanding store with some outdoor tables there. It's a really nice store. I've been there a, a few times myself with some uh, friends, uh, and it's a really nice store to go to. But, yeah, apparently they did close it down, according to Mike, and they're outside uh, with signs and picketing and so on. I think what was uh, – boy, talk about a slap in the face. The company, Starbucks, did give non-union employees about a 3% raise and a couple of other benefits to people who were full-time employees. Union employees didn't get any of that. And when the union said, hey, said, well, we haven't settled on a union contract yet, so you don't get anything. Wow. Starbucks is really playing hardball with these people. I don't see the word coffee. Oh, we sell coffee. Well, that's what I want. Okay, so we have three different roasts. I don't want three different roasts. I just want coffee. What would you give me if I just asked for coffee? I wouldn't. I would describe the three different roasts. And what if I just shouted coffee over your descriptions? You can try that if you want. Look, I've run my own business for a long time. One thing I've learned, don't overcomplicate things. Lead with the headline. You sell cars, say you sell cars. You sell guns, say you sell guns. It doesn't even say coffee in your sign. That was mouthfeel. Sounds like a sex club. Oh, it's the way the coffee feels in your mouth. It's a word connoisseurs use. You mean the taste? No. It's distinct from the taste. I see. Well, I just want a cup of damn coffee.
coffee. Welcome to Starbucks. My name is Chris. I'll be your barista for the day. Can I make a drink for you, miss? I really don't want to care, but I get paid to try. Hello, rich white lady. I already know what you want. You want a skinny vanilla latte, young debutante. Well, that drink won't make you skinny. You gotta work for that. And just in case you're wondering, I just called you back. Hey, Mr. Breakfast Sandwiches. I got a line of angry customers. The hell with this. You got a gang of noisy kids. Can you shut them up? I just want to draw a middle finger on your cup. Screw frappuccinos. They take forever to make. You know there's about a pound of fat in your RF coffee cake. You ordered a grande chip and my coffee is out. I'll just pour you something fresh from the decaf spout. If I have to serve another Latino, an extra caramel frappuccino, I'll empty my drawer and go to Reno. And that's not not that angry cappuccino. And there's that angry man when the store is closed. Feels the need to shout a loud pound on the windows. Well, it's just a cup of coffee. Give me a break. I shouldn't have to put up with this making minimum wage. This is Starbucks. I don't want to see you yawn. Well, you made me get my ass up at the butt crack of dawn. And I just came up short on your vanilla bean. I'll just inject it with some whip because it can't be seen. I don't have time to shake your tea. I'll just swirl it a bit. All my friends think they deserve something for free. At least act like you will pay because the lead is staring at me. All you regulars who order your name supreme. Well, I still don't know your drink and you explain it to me. Yes, I topped your grande mocha with diarrhea with cream. Can you make your way home? I've got milk to esteem. Get cappuccinos. You're the pickiest of all. You didn't order it dry, but you want no milk at all. You throw it back in my face. Tell me I made it wrong. But I got a line of drinks a couple miles long. Extra shot of espresso? Stop hassling me. Can I get 18 pumps of classic to type 2 diabetes? I think I've had it up to here with these treat receipts. Perhaps explain it another time. I might defect to teats. I work for Starbucks. I'll get Don Day on the line. We'll talk about the weather. Wake up, my own. Sure, this show is sustainable. We sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and FM 95.1, weekdays at 6. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So it's a bit windy up here last night, Don. Yep, that cold front coming into northern Wyoming is... Well, that does quite a bit. Okay, that doesn't sound. Do me a favor. Call the program. This connection sounds horrible. We might be having a problem again. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. I'm sorry. That was just. Uh, ugh. <clears throat> okay. Well, we'll have to fix that, Miss Mary. I think that has to do with the problem that I was having just a little earlier this morning when it came to recording stuff, and I was kind of wondering about that. Oftentimes, it's on the same thing. If I'm having a problem with the Adobe recorder, then Don and I are going to have a problem talking over that connection right there. And I don't know why the two relate like that, but they do. But okay. If Don is able to call in, he's going to give it a try, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was kind of windy last night where I was. I tend to like to sleep with my window cracked just a little bit. And I don't want to say that too loud, even though I'm on radio stations all over the region. Uh, Don, I was just telling people, I don't like telling people that I sleep with my window cracked because, you know, someone will take advantage of that in the middle of the night. But I usually do, and I couldn't do it last night. No, things are changing. This really nice weather we've had for quite a while is uh, going through a, a phase change, we like to call it. It starts today. Nothing really terribly bad, but certainly, yes, it is going to be windy in spots. 
Okay, now how long does Zach continue? Because I had plans this weekend. Well, why didn't you tell me earlier? Oh, okay. Well, that's you know, you tell me on Thursday you got plans for the weekend, Fine. and then you want me to make the weather good. How, how many days' notice do you need for one of these forecasts, anyway? Uh, longer than that. Yeah, well, yeah, longer. Put it this way: today is not going. I mean, today is a one-day thing. Okay. Uh, tomorrow okay. and Saturday is going to be fine. Oh, we'll see good. The winds drop. It'll be a little cooler. We start to see the weather changing again on on Sunday. This will be true in western Wyoming in particular. For central and eastern Wyoming, the changes come Sunday night into Monday. So tomorrow, Saturday, and part of Sunday look pretty good. But it is going to be a lot colder late Sunday night into Monday. Monday's highs in many areas will only make the 30s. Sunday night and Monday will bring snow showers as well. So we have this system today, a break, and then that next system Sunday night, Monday. Okay. And my understanding seems to be that while you're not exactly sure on Thanksgiving, we do know it's going to be colder. Yeah, confidence is really high. The second half of next week is going to start to trend colder, and it could be a lot colder if all the stars line up. Right. Uh, this will be especially true Thanksgiving Day through Thanksgiving weekend, where we see it, it, not just Canadian air, potentially Arctic air, spilling into a, a large part of the USA. So that's something that we'll monitor, and uh, we've got several days to, to get the details sorted out, but we may have some travel concerns on that back end of Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Don Day from Dayweather. Well, okay. That that happens. That that certainly happens uh, when it gets to Thanksgiving. We're not exactly sure what the weather's going to be until the day of, but we do know colder for sure. Speaking of which, Icebox, Frank Gambino. Okay, Frank, I've gone through the uh, list here, and I got a few more of things that you were told that are just not true. And I love stuff like this. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready again. Okay, uh... The body sweats out toxins. Well, I thought it sweats out booze, uh, it, too. Well, apparently it, it because just... You, uh, because you can smell it. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. But as far as actual toxins go, no, it's just trying to cool down the body by sweating out water. Right. But you might get some alcohol in there, too. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, silencers ensure complete silence, like you hear in the movies? Not really, no. No, no. It will dampen the noise, but there's still going to be noise. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing more venomous than a king cobra. Actually, box jellyfish, the most deadly thing on the planet. I don't think you want to get stung by that. No, you really don't. You see, Walt Disney drew Mickey Mouse first. I don't think so. No, he was drawn by the company's chief animator. Right. Then Walt Disney picked it up and continued to draw it. Yeah. Okay. This one I do know. But I didn't find out till recently. Cleopatra was not Egyptian. What was she? Greek. Really? Yeah. Well, they, then then you merged two historical cultures. Yes. Right there. So she was able to. She was trying to work her way up the chain and become royalty. And basically, her family was able. After the Greeks had taken over Egypt, she was able to move into position. But uh, no, at the time. Egypt was not ruled by Egyptians. Okay, then. Okay. When you sneeze, your heart skips a beat. I don't think so. No, the heart's rhythm sometimes changes when you sneeze, but it doesn't stop. Oh, okay. I did. Actually, I kind of thought it did for just a split second. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Here's one for you. You'll love this one. An alarm clock is the best way to wake up. Not really. No, waking up suddenly is really bad for you. Yes. 
Yeah. So Tell me about it. That's why we've had this conversation. Yes, yes. It's better to wake up to nice soft music or something like that. Right. That happens all the time. Junior college volleyball. Casper College lost their first round match in the national tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas to uh, date Miami Dade in three straight 25-23, 25-14, and 25-19. The birds are 28 and 13 on the year. They'll be in a loser out match against Blinn, Texas this morning at 9 a.m. This is Casper's first appearance in the national tournament in 11 years. College volleyball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls with two more regular season matches, both at home to host the Air Force Academy tonight at 6.30 in Laramie. The Cowgirls are 18-9 and overall, but just 7-9 and in Mountain West Conference play, sitting in eighth place. The top six teams make the Mountain West Conference tournament. The Cowgirls do not control their own destiny. They would probably need to win out and then win tonight, win on Saturday versus New Mexico, and then get some help. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team in the Myrtle Beach South Carolina tournament. They'll play St. Louis in the first round today at noon. Folks have a ton of new faces considering they lost a ton of folks to the transfer portal after a brutal 2022-23 season. So far, the folks are 2-0 and on the year. They beat Cal Poly their last time out, 80-66. St. Louis is 3-0 and and beat Illinois State their last time out. Noon tip mountain time for this contest. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Galway football team will try and earn their seventh win of the season. They'll host Hawaii on Saturday in Laramie. It's been an up-and-down season for the folks lately. They've lost three of their last four after a 34-14 defeat to UNLV back on Friday. So the Cowboys are 6-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in Mountain West play. And once again, we'll see how they respond after a debilitating defeat. Hawaii is 4-7 and seven overall, 2-4 and four in league play, but they beat the Air Force last week in Honolulu, and that was the Falcons' first conference loss. Noon start on Saturday from War Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. A trio of Natrona County High School athletes have signed college letters of intent. Caden Lee will be going to Idaho State for track and field. He's one of the better high jumpers in the state. Seth Wilson, another jumper in track, will be going to Black Hill State in Spearfish, South Dakota. Maggie Teague will be attending Shadron State for golf. She finished fifth at the 4A State Tournament this past fall. Cheyenne East also with three athletes signing letters of intent. Talia Morris will be going to the University of Wyoming for track and field. She owns the 4A State record in the long jump. Gracie Oswell will play softball at Black Hill State. She hit 538 last season. And East distance runner Gracie Craig will run at Black Hill State. That's it. Sports. I was just looking at, so it's Friday, right? That the game? Wait, what? Uh, the the football game in Laramie. Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Okay, good. I was looking at the right one. Saturday. So far, the weather is just gorgeous. Not much wind. Sunny. Oh, there we go. Right I mean, there. it's just supposed to be a beautiful day at this point. We'll get with Don Day tomorrow about that. But yeah, at noon on Saturday, for those people in Laramie, just a gorgeous day. I would recommend tailgating. Oh, and how? Yeah. And, and especially those noon games, they get started early. Yes. You know, so we're that cooking would, breakfast. Brunch. You know, and then... See, brunch is bigger than breakfast because yeah. you're combining two meals. Yeah, and, and Bloody Marys go, yes. go, go with that. But, too. of course, besides brunch, you have to have an early breakfast so you can hold off for brunch. Right. Because waiting that long is too much. So, in other words, you're going to be eating a lot. Yeah. Have a good time. Starting at 8. Yeah. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time after that national local update on weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
8.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. Get into open phones in just a second or two here. 888 woods the phone number, by the way, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I'll never understand certain kinds of protesters. I just have to shrug my shoulders and go, I don't get it. Right now, on the ridiculously large television that they put in the studio next to me here, in Boston, Massachusetts, there is a bridge. It's a main bridge. I've driven across it. It's a main bridge, although an older one. But a very important main bridge and a bunch of protesters who want Israel to cease fire, they are blocking that bridge. Now, this is rush hour. There's a lot of people trying to get to work right now over that bridge. A lot of people. But they're blocking the bridge, protesting. Now, I don't understand. Maybe somebody can explain this to me. How does blocking a bridge in Boston, Massachusetts, cause Israel to cease fire. Does Benjamin Netanyahu turn on the news and go, oh my gosh, they're blocking a bridge in, in Boston. I better I, I better stop uh, the attack right now. Picks up the phone, calls his generals, knock it off. They're blocking a bridge in Boston. We got to stop. I don't think it works that way. What it does do is for all the people who are trying to get to work right now, some of them may agree with the protesters, but they have places to be, and this is not how you get their support. I've said this many times over. This is not how you get their support. Like those, I can give you many examples, but let's go back to, oh, what was it, um, Burning Man Festival. The cult of climate change protesters. These are the doomsday cultists who believe that we just got a couple of years to go and then it's over. It's doomsday. Those people block traffic on the way to Burning Man. And there might have been a lot of people in that line of traffic that went back for miles that would have agreed with the protesters, but now they're being blocked. They just, at that point, they've lost a lot of support. You don't win support by doing stuff like this. All right, on to the next one. Oh, and before I get on to the next subject, here's the most dangerous time in radio history. It's open phones. We do this every day. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Thanks to Mike and other such people who are in Cheyenne, Wyoming, because uh, Starbucks employees are on strike right now during their busiest day. Now, if you're in the downtown location in Cheyenne on center, that location is closed because of the strike. The other locations, those locations are not unionized. They've remained open, just so you know. All right, let's go to Wisconsin real quick. City employees are asked to refrain from using religious decorations or ones solely associated with Christmas. Use snow, people. Uh, greenery. No, we've already established by another city you can't use red or green because that might trigger someone. Here's the story. A Milwaukee suburb does not want to use Christmas decorations this season because not all 
uh, Watusa employees, whatever you call them, residents and business owners celebrate Christmas. So apparently they're going to be putting up random decorations, snowflakes, snow people, you know, things like that. And as apparently somehow the colors red and green are offensive too. Not sure why that is. I mean, I did. some of those colors represent what exactly? And yet they want to draw inspiration from the aura of northern lights and things like that. Okay. I, the story goes on. I could read it to you. But here's my answer to all of this. I'll give you what I do. As far as I'm concerned, we have entered a holiday season. Not just for Christians, but there's many other religions that celebrate various holidays during this time. Uh, for the Jews, it's Hanukkah, as one of many examples. The whole, uh, was it Kwanzaa or whatever that was? That was supposed, that was a fake holiday. That kind of went away and you know, disappeared. That that complete fake holiday invented during this time. But there were uh, several other religions that celebrate things during this season. And then there's people who don't celebrate anything at all. They might be atheists, but they might just not be involved with any particular religion. They just don't care. My answer is whatever you want to do. So if I see someone who has, uh, let's say, a menorah or other things for Jewish holidays, I will go ahead and wish them a happy whatever, happy Hanukkah, whatever it might be. If it's some other religion and I see that they're wearing something festive for whatever holiday they have, I wish them a happy whatever that might be. And I still say to people who are atheists, Merry, Merry Christmas. And why not? Because still, they may not be Christian. They might be atheists. But still, it's a holiday that people celebrate. And they still go pass out presents and things like this. So whatever religion or, for that matter, it could even be an offshoot of because there's many people in the Christian religion who still don't celebrate traditional Christmas and stuff like this. Just yeah, There's different branches of it. Whatever you're doing, happy whatever, as far as I'm concerned. I like giving people well wishes for whatever holiday because that's their thing. I don't expect everybody to be the same. This is a country where we're allowed to do what we want to do, so... Go ahead and celebrate what you want to celebrate, and I'll go ahead and give you a happy whatever it is that you're doing or whatever kind of greeting is appropriate for that because I don't particularly find it's uh, offensive to me. And that's where I think cities like this come into a bit of a problem. You can't put that up because some people don't celebrate that, and it might be offensive. Well, they can get over it. Part of living in a free country is people get to participate in whatever they want to participate in or not, if they choose not to. And the rest of us do not have to go tiptoeing around on eggshells because we might offend somebody. See, that's where we get into levels of maturity here. I've said this many times in the past. Living in a free country takes a certain level of maturity. So those of us who don't participate in what you do, we don't have to go tiptoeing around afraid of offending you. Okay? Uh, and, and since we're not going to participate, don't get mad at us. Uh, and no, again, I'm not going to tiptoe around you. Just happy whatever you're doing, and I hope you're having a great day and a great holiday season, whatever that might be. And I honestly wish the best for you, whatever that might, might mean for your particular religion or not religion. 
That's how more mature people handle this. So if I were to walk into an office and I walk by, let's say, several desks, let's say it's one of those offices where there's all these different desks in a big open room. You've seen that type before, right? And several people have different holiday decorations set up for whatever they're doing. And that should not be offensive to, and nobody should come along and say, you got to take that down. Because so-and-so, two desks down from you, might be offended by that. Enough of that already. Can we grow up? 8.15 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up, Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. I change the time, wake up my own. I'm picking some different topics today, although I have some more serious ones. But just because I hate talking about the same old things day after day after day, we've pretty much covered everything that needs to be said on the main issues of the time. Until something new happens. I get a load of this one. This goes back to part of what I was talking about earlier. Around Christmas time, for all those people who are snowflakes, you can't put that up. You might offend somebody. Well, get over it. Quit being so offended by every little thing that other people are doing. How about well-wish them instead of being offended by what they're doing? Church bells that have rung every hour for 200 years silence after noise complaint. Oh, God. A Killjoy council has silenced church bells, which sounded every hour for 200 years after one complaint about the noise. Now, this is where, when I've seen this throughout my life. One person complains and everybody is supposed to react to it. And my reaction is, well, that one person can get over it. Everybody else is enjoying the church bells. If they're bothered by the noise, then you move to the wrong place. Because everybody else is enjoying that. Beth Parish Church won't go round the clock anymore. Residents said their sleep had been, one resident said, well, my sleep has been disturbed. Now the Church of Scotland stopped the bells between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. Now, personally, I don't mind if they want to stop it over. You're all sleeping. We won't ring the bells overnight. Okay. But they did it because one person complained. More than 900 people signed a petition to restore the chimes for 24 hours a day because they like it and they're used to it. The council asked the Church of Scotland to consider silence in the bell overnight because of the one noise complaint. And again, they they did. They recognized, well, that's a disturbance, so they did. And then the spokesperson said uh, they're worried about the environmental health, suggesting the board embrace uh, biblical teaching and love thy neighbor and et cetera, et cetera. What about the 900 other people who would like to have the bells back? All right, so the chiming clock is more than just a timekeeper. It serves as a connection with our history, said the 900 people who want it back. So bring it back. If I get any other word about what happens there, but I've often personally been that way just because a person complains doesn't mean I should go into a tizzy over. And I've worked in places, you might have too, I've worked for companies where if one person calls the company with one minor little complaint, Upper management goes into fits and heads have to roll rather than, well, that's just one person complaining. We're not exactly going to lose a ton of business here, are we? Everybody else seems to enjoy it. Now, here's another one. 
this is from National Public Radio. So you always have to worry when it's public radio and public TV handing out a story. Headline, Latinos face much higher flood risk than other U.S. residents. Oh, for God's sakes. <clears throat> um, I, had, I really doubt it has anything to do specifically with Latinos. Here's the story. A new report from Headwaters Encounters and Hispanic Access Foundation finds that Latinos face substantially higher flood risk in the country. So, again, I doubt it's Latinos. Anybody who faces high flood risk, move to higher ground. There. But do floodwaters seek out Latinos? I don't think that does. I don't think it works that way. So far this year, one in four Latinos lived in a uh, area, a county, that had federally declared flood disaster areas <clears throat> from a high rate of uh, one in ten Latinos uh, live in such counties, many of which are scattered across the West. Oh, it's across the West, so it's us. So the report found that uh, Latino households experienced larger wealth losses in the wake of May. Well, anybody faces wealth losses in the wake of flooding, but okay. And struggle with access to federal aid, historic uh, language barriers, things like this. Uh, the urgency for comprehensive strategies that encompass community engagement, people really need to be listened to. The report recommends that government agencies invest in building materials and community trust building to help these folks out. Why should the government jump in and help? No, it's real simple. I don't care what yeah, they're saying. They're picking on Latinos in the story here, which I think is nonsense. Anyone who lives in a flood-prone area, correct me if I'm wrong, should seriously consider not living in a flood-prone area because, I don't know if you know this, flood-prone areas are susceptible to flooding. Am I wrong? I just tell me if I'm wrong. If you call me and tell me I'm wrong, I convince me that I'm wrong, and I'll go with you on that one. But that's been my uh, experience throughout my life, that if you decide to go ahead and get a house or an apartment or whatever it might be, right on, let's say, a river or the shore of some lake or a bay, and it's a flood-prone area, then you run the risk of being a victim of flooding. Now... If you also choose to live in a home that's uh, not really well suited to flooding. So, you know that that Hurricane Ian hit my hometown of Sanibel Island, Florida. It was very devastating to that. Now, there's a lot of, in that whole area of, of Florida, you'll find a lot of homes that are either up on a high mound of dirt that was built for the home, or they're up on stilts. Because people who build there are aware storms happen flooding happens so we're going to build higher up we moved into an area which is prone to flooding so we're going to build higher up so there you see how, you see how they solve the problem there when those high waters come and they will we're used to this so i don't understand how again th this is public media public radio public television how they come up with a story that say latinos are disproportionately affected by this or, for that matter, any other report that might say the same thing. I would say anybody that lives in a flood-prone area is prone to being flooded out. What about, for that matter, 
the islands that are on, there is a, a whole chain of islands off North Carolina. So you got the North Carolina coast. If you head out, there's a whole chain of barrier islands that are off, way down the Carolina coast. And there's a lot of people who've chosen to live on these barrier islands, which are not very wide, by the way. They're just a couple of feet above sea level. And you can go from the Atlantic side to the bay side in just a few minutes. They're not, they're not wide at all. But people still chose to build there. And on occasion, a storm happens that devastates these homes. Now, again, these people tend to build higher up. The people who live out there for the most part, are successful, rich, even, white people. Could we have a report that says successful, rich, white people are more prone to flooding? Because they like to build homes on beautiful coastal areas, which are prone to flooding. Where's that story? Should we feel sorry for them? I don't think so. I also don't want to give them government aid. A lot of times when those people in those beautiful homes are devastated by weather... They get government handouts to rebuild. And I'm thinking, but you knew where you built. You knew that you built there. It's between you and your insurance companies, if you can even get insurance. You knew you built there. So, no, we're not going to give you government money to rebuild there. You're not going to get disaster money. You knew you built in a bad place. Oh, wild transplant in Cheyenne? That's funny. No, he just sent me, yeah, that's, no, I, I like that. That's funny. I'm not repeating it, but that's really funny. Okay, so you see the problem here. Right away, they want to make it something about race or something like that, and it's really not. Don't live in areas that are prone to flooding. It has nothing to do with your race or religion or any other thing like that. It's where you choose to locate yourself. That's all, the, that's all there is to it. Coming up on 830... Local news coming your way right after local news update and your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it. A nice long segment of open phone. 888 was the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Thirty-six at time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, Miss Mary just pointed out how old I'm getting. I, I'm not that old yet. I, I walked into her office. Now, Miss Mary used to share that office with several other people, but she's a big shot now. So she has the entire place to herself. It's a pretty big room. So big, yes, there are other desks in there, but they're not occupied. Cubicles, really, but they're not occupied. And a while back, the company got, I don't know how, but we got a hold of some older style video games. Really cool stuff, too. Those video games are in her office. So anytime she wants to, she can go over and play some 80s and 90s style video games that are in her room. One of them is a car race. Yeah, the kind you sit down and you drive the car and follow the computer screen up in front, right? 
and it's called San Francisco Rush Hour. And I started to laugh, and she said, you've laughed at that before and talked about it on the air for the same reason. Because right away my mind goes, so there's a, a video game, a driving video game simulator, if you will, called San Francisco Rush Hour. Which means you've got to go ahead and dodge the homeless camps. Careful when you turn a corner that you don't spin out on the human feces that's left there on the road. Okay, apparently some time ago I had said the exact same thing and forgot that I said it. All right, other stories. Again, I'm taking more of the um, unusual ones for a good part of this morning. And you can interrupt if you want. 888 woods the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. So let's go take a look at the wind industry overseas real quick here. Headline, major industries closing down as German energy prices soar. Now, we've talked about this a lot, about how wind and solar and electric cars are not doing well, despite all the subsidies, right? First... Germany's electric price is three times higher than the U.S. Imagine that. You think your electric bill is bad? For those here in Wyoming with me that are worried about you could get up to a 30% rate increase soon, Germany's electricity prices are three times higher than the U.S. Story says Germany electricity price as high as, uh, again, three times higher. Criticism being voiced about Germany's energy policy. One fiscal expert uh, criticizes the fact the phase-out of coal and nuclear energy has not gone well with their economy. Energy policy has three main objectives, low prices, security, supply, etc. Et In other words, everything that I've said before, this energy is supposed to be, this new stuff is supposed to be clean, green, sustainable, affordable, reliable. And it's none of that. And here, once again, proving it. The next German reports, uh, pharmaceuticals and agricultural, massive job cuts. By the end of the year, the group intends to cut several management levels as well. Significant reduction in the workforce. This is crashing your economy over there. Wow. And let me see. There's more with machinery-based companies cutting some 600 jobs because they don't have the energy to create the machinery that they do. Meantime, I have another story here. Winds blowing through Europe's net zero hopes. Europe's largest onshore wind farm is facing bankruptcy and has filed for reconstruction. The first phase of this company project is facing difficulties, the story says. Well, I'm not really all that surprised. After... Signaling a base load. Okay, it gets into the details of why they're having problems here. Uh, so they they said in district court that the payment difficulties are due to unprofitable electricity contracts, for one thing. The agreement means that the company has undertaken to sell a volume of electricity over the past 19 years at a certain fixed price. And wind farms do not produce that. Here's part of the problem. I can tell you exactly what's going on here. It says it here, but I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So when they put up a wind farm or a solar farm, they say that this facility here, this farm, can produce this much electricity. And they sell the idea that we can produce this much electricity. But that would be if the sun was always shining or the wind was always blowing, which is never the case. 
And so because it's intermittent, they end up making a lot less electricity, a lot less than they ever forecasted that they would. And because of that, they're being underpaid. They can't keep up. If they were making as much as they had promised, it wouldn't be a problem. Story says when the wind farm does not produce enough electricity, the company is forced to cover the deficit with its own purchases in the electricity market. So in other words, the electricity customers need to get that power. And if it's not coming from wind, then they need to buy it from somewhere else. And that costs the power company a good chunk of money. And so now they're operating at a loss. What has happened in the last year, the story says, they've been forced to buy electricity at extremely high prices when its own wind turbines have just set idle. Does that sound familiar to those people who are within sight of wind turbines? The company has since sold electricity um, at, well, fixed prices. They're not allowed to charge more. Like here in America, you know, even in Wyoming, in order to charge more, they have to get permission to charge more. In order to meet demand, all income, the, the company has gone to buy replacement electricity. It talks about, uh, well, how much electricity, where I can get into the details, but you get the general idea of this. So they have this long-term purchase agreement, which is not doing well for them. So now, what I just read to you, now, it, does it sound familiar? Of course it does. Same thing, by the way, Texas has gone through and California has gone through, but also why the UK and why Germany, to name a couple, have been busy putting uh, coal back online and nuclear back online. So for all those people who are worried that Wyoming, while they're going to try to shut down all of our, of our coal plants and natural gas plants and so on, well, they can try, but they'll have to turn them back on again. And this gets back to if we really want to fix this problem, we, it's more than just making sure that we have reliable energy up and running in Wyoming and across the rest of the country. But it's also making sure we don't get into things that just balloon our costs like carbon sequestration and capture. Or actually, it's capture, then you sequester it. So. But you know, getting into programs like that greatly reduce costs as well. Without giving you anything extra, you're not getting anything out of that. You're not getting a stable environment out of that. You're not getting cleaner air out of that. We're just wasting money taking something like CO2, which is good for the planet, and capturing it and trying to store it underground. If you want to lower your utility costs, you make sure we have reliable energy and don't get into a bunch of nonsense that will make no difference whatsoever to the affordability and reliable reliability of your energy. So all we have to do is just take a look at the failures of Europe and California and the problems Texas, to name a few places, and then wonder why are we doing this here? Jim and Casper, it cost me $30 to charge a Tesla 25% when I was in Germany this summer. $30 to charge a Tesla 25%. Curious, Jim, and how far did that get you down the road? 845, wake up my own. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox. We go Frank Gambino's waiting by where I've been myth-busting for Frank. Some I know, Frank, you knew all about. Others are going to kind of surprise you. Who invented the light bulb? 
Alexander Graham Bell. No, well, you're close. Okay. Edison only invented a method to keep light bulbs constantly turned on. The idea of what he did with that filament inside the glass yeah. was already being used by scientists to study things like light and so on. Okay. But he just he figured out a way to make it so we could use it in our homes nonstop. So, so Tom Edison only mm. has... Only, right. Well, that's like saying that Ford invented the automobile. No, no you're not. He just made it available yeah. to everybody. Okay. Um, alcohol keeps you warm. No, it does not. Right. You think yes. you're warmer. Yes, it dilates it, your blood vessels, making you feel warmer, but you're not warmer. It's no. actually doing the opposite for you. Oh, yeah, I, I figured that out the okay. hard way. Uh, Van Gogh cut off his entire ear. No, he only cut off the lobe. Okay. I didn't know that. I always... I knew they, I, I knew he, he was missing one. Yeah, they always show him cutting off his entire ear in the movies, but okay. Uh, reading in the dark damages your eyes. No, they just get them tired faster, but it doesn't do any damage. Reading in the dark. Yeah, or in a darker room. Oh, oh okay. yeah, Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, some people say, well, you know that, how I keep it dim in here? It just because the light hurts well, my well, eyes. Well, you're you're gonna, yeah, and, and you can also read the screens better. Well, yeah, the screens look nice here, but if I wasn't reading the screen, if I had just a piece of paper, uh, you're going to hurt your eyes. No, it doesn't damage my eyes. They, they just get tired faster. Yeah. Okay. Defibrillators can restart the heart. I don't uh, think so. Once the heart has stopped, a defibrillator cannot restart it. It's only a myth that it stops. What it does is it basically it restores the rhythm. Isn't okay. that the same as restarting it? Um, no, because it's not. It would be completely stopped. Oh, okay. Uh, Napoleon was short. No, I, I know that one. He's not. Not according to that movie. Yeah, he's not short at all. No. Okay. It was five four. Um only ten percent of the brain is used. Well, I think it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. So, some people are nine. Not even that, yeah. It's okay. Most of the brain cortex is at full capacity when we're asleep, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah. Applying oil to burns helps them heal faster. You supply something cold, oil makes a film on your skin that keeps the heat inside. Huh? Okay. Okay. I, I didn't know that. Okay. You see, some of these you're going, I knew that. Others you're going, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Junior college volleyball. Casper College lost their first round match in the national tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas, yesterday morning to Miami-Dade in three sets, 25-23, 25-14, and 25-19. The birds are 28-13, and 13, and they will be in a loser-out match this morning against Blinn, Texas, that will begin at the top of the hour. This is Casper's first appearance in the national tournament in 11 years. In college volleyball, the Division One level the Wyoming Cowgirls with two more regular season matches remaining. They will host the Air Force Academy at 6.30 tonight in Laramie. The Cowgirls are 18-9 and nine overall, but 7-9 and nine in Mountain West Place, sitting in 8th place. The top six make the Mountain West Conference Tournament. The Cowgirls do not control their own destiny. They'll need to win this both, both of their matches this week and then get some help. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina Tournament. will play St. Louis in the first round today at noon. Cowboys have a ton of new faces considering they lost a ton of players through the transfer for Portal after a brutal 2022-23 season. So far, the folks are 2-0 on the year in B-Cal Poly their last time out, 
80-66. St. Louis is 3-0. and They beat Illinois State their last time out. That's a noon tip mountain time for this contest. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowboy football team will try and earn their seventh win of the season. They'll host Hawaii on Saturday afternoon in Laramie. It's been an up-and-down season for the folks. Uh, they've lost three of their last four after a 34-14 defeat to UNLV last Friday. UW is 6-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in Modern West play. Once again, we'll have to see how they respond after a debilitating defeat. Hawaii is 4-7 and seven overall, 2-4 and four in league play. They beat Air Force last week in Honolulu. Noon start on Saturday from Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on KC Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. A trio of Natrona County High School athletes signed letters of intent yesterday. Caden Lee will be going to Idaho State for track and field. He's one of the better high jumpers in the state. Seth Wilson, another jumper in track, will be going to Black Hill State in Spearfish, South Dakota. And Maggie Teague will be attending Shadron State for golf. She finished fifth at the 4A State Tournament this past fall. Cheyennes with three athletes signing letters of intent recently. Talia Morris will be going to the University of Wyoming for track and field. She owns the 4A State record in the long jump. Gracie Oswell will play softball at Black Hill State. She hit 538 this past season. And East Distance runner Gracie Craig will run at Black Hill State. That's it in sports. I, should we, people, we should give out scholarship for people to do other amazing things. Like, here's a student who can eat an entire pizza by himself in record time. Um, they're giving scholarships out for video games. I was about to say that. I know because there and, are... And that's the truth. They are. Yeah, there are video game tournaments, world tournaments, where people win a lot of money. But they're giving scholarship money for... Well, okay, I look at it this video way. Video games. If the college is making money off of these video game tournaments, then give them scholarships because it helps the college. Right? I'll, gi- I'll give you that. Okay, but now if the college is not making money off of it, why give them a scholarship? Well, because I don't know. I have to right. <laughs> Thank you, friend. I'm glad we cleared that up. Okay, right yeah. Okay. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Hey, I'll roll into news time after that. National local update on weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. All right, I'm going through the more unusual stories this morning because everything else has been talked out ad nauseum. You might not have heard of this one. Probably not. There was that bill. It was actually stuck in a bill for a kill switch for your automobile. Now, that doesn't mean that someone's going to show up to your current automobile and install one. But future automobiles would have a kill switch in them. And Democrats had all sorts of reasons why they wanted the kill switch, none of which should be allowed. But okay, so there was a bill to get it out of the bill, which failed. Here's the story. Representative Thomas Massey, Republican, Kentucky, amendment to stop what has been dubbed a kill switch in vehicles beginning in 2026 under the guise of passive drunk driving technology, failed last week. 
something that largely fell under the radar as all eyes remain on newly elected House Speaker and Congress passing a stopgap funding bill, which, again, is kicking the can down the road. If you haven't heard, your Wyoming Representative Harriet Hageman voted against the stopgap spending bill. She hated it. I, there's a story about that on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning. I've been through that. So the battle broke out last week as the congressman presented an amendment which essentially states that none of the funds made a, be made available for the Biden-approved Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act passed in 2021. It may be used to implement Section 24220 of the bill. So in other words, we're just not going to fund this. It's in the bill, but we're not going to fund it. This section of the bill specifically allots funds for what the law describes as advanced impaired driving technology, pointing to the prevalence of drunk driving fatalities. This is why the Democrats say it needs to be done. Now, of course, this is one of those things, once you open up this door, they could also shut off your vehicle for what are the reasons? And they will invent reasons. According to the Insurance Institute, Highway Safety Advanced Drunk Driving and Impaired Driving Prevention Technology can prevent, and they talk about how many drunk driving deaths and so on. So in other words, if somebody, if the police see somebody drunk driving, they can just simply shut down the vehicle. Now the person can't drive. Further, the bill specifically states that these technologies would passively monitor the performance of a driver. Ah, here we go. Now we get into what else could be done. Because like I said, once you open up that door. So it would passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify if that driver was impaired, a prevent or limit a motor vehicle operating if an impairment is detected. So in other words, the vehicle could shut itself down. If you were driving erratically, According to your car, your car decides that you're driving radically. The car would just start to slow down and eventually stop, which means you better get off the road. Quote, my amendment is simple, said the congressman. It would defund the federal mandate that requires new vehicles after 2026 be equipped with a kill switch that can handle or disable a vehicle if the vehicle has... Uh, Monitor the user's driving performance and the vehicle determines that the driver is not performing well. He says, it is so incredible that I have to offer this amendment. It almost sounds like the domain of science fiction, dystopian science fiction, uh, that the federal government would put a kill switch in vehicles that would be the judge and jury and executioner on such a fundamental right to drive freely. But here we are, he said. It is the federal law that this is mandated. And he concluded that Democrat Representative Debbie Watcher gloriously expanding Big Butt Schultz disputed the amendment, asserting that the section of the infrastructure law does not require auto manufacturers to install kill switches. Well, but there it is. But it, 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 but it does. It's in there. Anyway, quote, passive drunk driving technology is a vital tool in safeguarding our loved ones, et cetera, et cetera. Quote, the sponsor of this misguided amendment will tell you that he worries about uh, privacy concerns, said Debbie Pooh. I called Debbie Wasserman Schultz Debbie Pooh. 
I don't think she knows that I do that, but I do. We heard that the same in uh, inane calls with seatbelt requirements, but you don't have the right to engage in potentially fatal behavior. Yeah, okay. Massey acknowledges that drunk driving is a serious problem and pointed to 31 states that already have laws to implement interlock ignition technology where if you have been convicted of a DUI, well, now here's something that I actually don't mind. <clears throat> Tell me if I'm wrong about this. Here's my thought. If somebody has been convicted of drunk driving and it wasn't a one-off thing, it was this person has been convicted of drunk driving on a few occasions, then if this person wants to continue to drive, because we could just take their license away permanently, which, by the way, doesn't always work. A lot of people get their license taken away and they leave the courthouse, get in their car and drive home. So they don't care. They just hope not to get pulled over by cops anymore, you know, but they'll drive without a license. But for those people who have been caught drunk driving and they seem to have a problem with this, it's happened more than once, then to install something in their car where in order to start their vehicle, they have to show, I am not impaired. That's not a perfect measure, by the way, because those, you've seen these ones, uh, they have to blow into a tube to show that their breath is clear. They can just get somebody else to do that, and they can start the vehicle, you know. So it's not foolproof. But if they want to do something like that. But just to have something installed in every vehicle? Well, anyway, his amendment has failed so far. I don't have a whole lot of faith in your Republicans uh, fixing this, because they couldn't even fix the incandescent light bulb man, right? How easy was that to do? They couldn't get rid of Obamacare. How easy was that to do? All right, phones are open. Hey, Jude. This is James. Oh, James. I I thought it said Jude on there. Oh, I'm sorry. James, I saw the wrong name. I'm sorry, James. You don't get a theme song. No problem. If they ever come uh, up with a theme song for James, I'll play it for you. But for now, okay. <laughs> what you got, James? That's not all necessary. Uh, didn't General Motors uh, implement something like that around 2000 called OnStar? Hmm. Where the police could contact OnStar and disable the vehicle? Yeah. Now, that was something that voluntarily you would have put into your vehicle. If you wanted OnStar installed, you couldn't get it installed. You know, but it wasn't something that was mandated. Well, they seem to put them in almost every uh, vehicle. Okay. I never had one. I thought it was something... I that... got a 2008 Chevy that's got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't ask for it. Okay. Now, did you buy that vehicle used? Yes. Okay. That may be why. My understanding with OnStar is you buy a vehicle, and if you want OnStar, then you can have the system installed in your vehicle. So if you bought a used vehicle, it prob probably someone had it installed. And yeah, I probably yeah, I do know that there was there were some new cars that were already in, had it installed, ready to go for those people who wanted it, but not a whole lot of people did it new anyway. But no, that was something that was a voluntary thing. If you wanted to, you could go ahead and get OnStar put in there. It wasn't mandated. Well, I'm just saying, you know, they pretty much have already started doing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't I don't have a lot of faith in Republicans in putting a stop to this. 
I don't have a lot of faith in their government, period. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. I'm still trying to figure out with uh, Miss Mary here. Why did I see Jude when that was James? I don't. Okay. Maybe I need to go down and get another cup of coffee. I don't know. Okay, uh, Wild Sparks in Glen Rocks, they should put the kill switch in all of congressionally owned vehicles. Show us that it's safe and reliable. You see, the problem there, James, is those rules do not apply to members of Congress. Just to us. R.H. and Wiggins, Colorado, Glenn, maybe I need to drive erratically for a moment to get myself and my family out of harm's way. I don't need an AI robot deciding to censor my driving techniques. Well, and for that matter, how about this, R.H.? There are times when the weather is really bad. I mean, really bad. I mean, think about where I live. And I'm trying to get to work. And the the road is filled with snow and ice and debris. And so I am not driving a perfectly straight line. Not just because I'm sliding around, because it's snowy and icy out there. But also to avoid things I'm sliding around. Is it then going to shut my vehicle off because I'm in snow and ice? John is in Cheyenne. Morning, John. You there? Uh, this is Bob. Okay, this was okay. That was Mary's fault because she wrote John, and it's Bob. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> we're having a problem with names today. Sorry about that. What you got for me? No problem. Um, I am involved in DUI enforcement for the court. Okay. And the breath interlock device that they put in those vehicles, yeah, is sketchy. At okay. Best. Okay. And uh, every one of those vehicles where we have an occurrence, uh, you know, a subsequent occurrence, yeah. they have a can of keyboard when they're laying in the, on the seat. And they just spray it into the nozzle. And there you go. Then they go. Okay. The only thing that works 100% and is absolutely foolproof is an ankle bracelet, an alcohol detecting ankle bracelet. Oh, how does that work? It monitors the client 24-7 yeah. and takes readings on them about every 20 minutes. Oh, off of their ankle it takes a reading? Yes, it does. Wow, I'd never heard of that before. Now, see, that's that's interesting technology. Let's go for something like that. But I would only do it for people who actually had a drinking problem. The rest of I don't drink at all, so I shouldn't have to worry about this. Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, we we can put it on somebody first time offense, and uh, it will generally keep them sober at least up to a court date, and when they're told they can be off of it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you calling with that. I did not know those things. All right. All right. So learning here a few things. I also wonder about the cost of the vehicle because if you install something like this, like uh, the Democrats want to do, it again increases the cost of a vehicle. What if I don't want that option? I'll explain what I mean just a minute. 919 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 924 is the time. 888-97-WOODS the phone number. 888-97-WOODS. And Miss Mary and I are really going to try to get the next name correct. So let's make sure now. Is this Cody and Carpenter? This is Cody and Oh, Carpenter. good. We finally got a name right. I got one wrong. She yeah, got one yeah, wrong. Yeah. 
Hey, hey, go ahead, boy. I, I am just appalled by this this kill switch thing. I mean, yeah. it, that, that's just it's awful. It's reprehensible. Yeah. I mean, did you, you know what it's going to do? W- women will not be able to drive cars anymore. No, no, they they won't be able to. And and for that matter, <laughs> by the way, everybody, he said that, not me. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really do wonder what happens when I'm trying to drive to work. You've been there. I'm in Wyoming. It's icy. It's snowy. I'm a bit erratic just to try to get to where I'm going because I have to be. And so this device yeah. is going to think that I'm drunk. It's ridiculous. You yeah. know, on, on a serious note, I, you can't help but think about that quote about those that are willing to give up, uh, you know, liberty yeah. in the name of security deserve neither Exactly right. I mean, it just, I can't believe the rights that we're handing off, that we're giving away, you know, yeah. in, in the theory of being protected. It just, it just makes me nauseous. Well, if they're going to start Thanks doing for this. To light. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. If they're going to start doing this in 2026, then I'll buy vehicles before 2026. Because, first of all, I don't even drink. But, it, but, and so I don't want to pay the extra money. But also, yeah, it is an intrusion. Get that out of my car. Quit mandating things for my car. But this is what Democrats do, and Republicans have a hard time getting rid of stuff like this. Like I said, the incandescent light bulb ban. Come on. And Republicans had many opportunities over the years to repeal the ban. They just can't seem to do it. But it's so easy to do when Republicans are in power. Now, about OnStar, I was trying to remember how OnStar worked because it's been a while. So Mommy M. and Casper says OnStar comes in or with a vehicle. But you have to pay for a subscription, kind of like Sirius. Grandpa Rich says OnStar, I know, came with GM vehicles. I do remember seeing commercials for OnStar and GM vehicles. And that's why I had said earlier that I remember there were some new cars that had OnStar in it, if you wanted that. Now, if your car did not have OnStar, you could go to OnStar and pay for the subscription, all that kind of stuff, and they would install it. But that really didn't have anything to do with disabling your vehicle for drunk driving. Although, although I correct me for OnStar owners out there, they did have a kill switch, so if somebody stole your car, they could disable it. But it was voluntary. In other words, you decided that you wanted OnStar, so you would purchase it and pay the subscription. And it had all sorts of neat features with it, too. Okay, you push a button, you're talking to someone. They give you directions, all sorts of things. They could sense when you were in an accident and call for help. So OnStar had a lot of neat features, but it wasn't mandated by the government. And that's the problem here, that they would mandate this by the government. And so this is what Republicans need to get rid of, this idea that by 2026, all vehicles are going to be... What's that going to do to the price of a vehicle that's already too expensive? Which, again, tells me that I, if, uh, if they start doing this, I'm not going to buy new vehicles. Like, I, well, I've always bought used anyway, but I'm not going to get anything from 2026 on if they decide to do this because I just don't want this in my car. I don't want to pay for this. On principle, I don't want it, but I also don't want to pay extra for something that doesn't apply to me because... I don't drink, I don't do drugs, so why would I need something like this in my vehicle anyway? But here, once again, is your regulatory state deciding what you need, whether you like it or not, to be put in your vehicles. So, 
All right, let's see if Republicans can finally get it together and kill something like this. And while you're at it, get rid of Obamacare and bring back the incandescent light bulb, if you would. And we could use our coal-fired power plants up and running again and quit subsidizing wind and solar and electric vehicles. Hey, Republicans, you out there? Come on, it's not that hard. When, when we get you guys into power, we give you the House and the Senate and the presidency. And liberals still get all their policies passed and you can't repeal anything? We've lost a lot of faith in you guys, you know. News time. Weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Think cold. He's talking to himself in a padded room. And you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming. 936 times. Wake up Wyoming. We'll see you in here on your news today. Protesters who would like the United States to not get involved in any way in the fight with Israel versus Hamas and actually want a ceasefire. So earlier this morning, they shut down an important bridge leading into downtown Boston. And now I'm watching on the ridiculously large television, they put my studio here. Now they've shut down the Bay Bridge in San Francisco. As I said earlier, this is not the way to get your point across. If you're trying to make a point, really all you're doing is getting people really angry at you. You're not making your point. You're you're losing points rather than making points with your point. I said points too many times. So you get the idea. These, these people think they're doing something great by shutting down these bridges. This is not what gets anything done. But, hey, you know you're professional protesters. An issue like this, they... they same thing at the Burning Man Festival when they block traffic because, well, this particular group, Cult of Climate Change, you know, they believe we have like three years left and we're done. So they block traffic at Burning Man because that's going to save the planet. And all they did was get people who would normally be on their side really mad at them. Not exactly working. Let's see. Mandy is in Kimball. Now I understand, she says, why Judy calls and vents on your show. Listening to the news about government putting more control in our rights to drive vehicles makes me feel like Madonna's uh, comment on what to do with the White House. Uh, We don't need to elect babysitters. There was a book that came out some time ago called The Nanny State. It was quite a few years ago. Apparently, this is Nick and Casper. We'll find out because we're having trouble with names this morning. Hello, Nick. You can call me anything. I was married okay, once. That's so a I very good. Okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm enjoying the fact that a lot of these protesters are out there getting mad mm-hmm. and angry with Biden. Because if you remember, the Democrats used to say, get in people's face, yell at them, scream at them. Right, it's right. their fault yeah. this is going yeah. on. And mm-hmm. right now, really, America has no say-so in the end as to what someone can and can't do in another country. Right, yeah. And they're blaming Biden, which I'm sitting back enjoying this because he's been blaming a lot of other people for a lot of other stuff. I see, okay. So now, you see, if it was Trump in office right now, they would feel a lot better about it. But it's one of their own guys. So what are they supposed to do here? Absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting back enjoying it. This yeah. This is karma. All right. 
Thank you. Appreciate you, Nick. So, triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. I got time for another call or two. Triple eight ninety seven W O O D S. Now he's he's right. These protesters that are really mad, they're mad at what the Biden administration is doing, and the Democrats are in charge. So you got no choice but to be mad at the Democrats on this one. And you can't get mad at the Republicans. They're not the ones doing this. By the way, just so you know, my thought on Israel defending itself here, they have every right to do this. To this extent, too. And they're trying to be as careful as they can with the civilians. But as you know, Hamas has embedded himself. This morning I've been watching on the news here. Uh, Israel, first off, they went in and took over a hospital, which right away, some, the World Health Organization, how dare you get in there with the U.N., you know, how dare you get in there and take over a hospital? Well, then they, start, they started to show because Hamas was hiding behind the sick, the elderly and Infants that had just been born in the hospital and then using the hospital to shoot at Israeli soldiers. And when they went in there and cleared out Hamas, they also found all sorts of weapons in there, things like that. So that's why. As far as I'm concerned, Israel has every right to defend itself against Hamas. And I understand why Israel has just had enough. They've done everything they can. But no matter what, Hamas just keeps attacking. And this latest attack, oh, dear God, Israel has just had enough. And so they intend to just put an end to Hamas. Well, okay, they don't intend to kill everybody in the West Bank. They're just after Hamas, and they intend to end Hamas. Now, I don't think that that's exactly 100% possible. But I understand, well, there's always going to be remnants there, and it's always going to bubble back up again. But Israel can get a good long stretch of peace if they can get rid of what's currently there, I mean, occupying this area. Get rid of them. Wipe them out if you have to. Kill every last member of Hamas if you have to. After what they did far as I'm concerned, is completely justifiable. And to call for a ceasefire, Israel is giving every opportunity for people to get out. What's holding them back is Hamas. Hamas is not letting people out. But Israel is doing everything they can to do this step-by-step and not harm civilians as they go after Hamas. The problem is Hamas is hiding behind civilians, like taking over this hospital, for example. David in Texas, shutting down those bridges in liberal cities. Oh, well. Well, here's the thing, um, David. I think you're right. Let's take a look at once again. These are people in these liberal cities who would normally side with the protesters. But instead, the protesters are making their own people mad. So what good does this do, really? How, How does this solve the problem? Actually, it doesn't. Like those climate protesters. All they did was make their own people mad. Let's wake up Wyoming. You asked for an expert. Uh, We didn't have the budget for that. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 48 is the time. Off to the icebox. Once again, we go. Frank Gambino's been waiting by. And Frank, so I got a few more for you here. All right, I'm ready. Things that we thought were true. But it's just not. And by the way, I have been doing this since I was 13 years old. When I was 13, I'm watching the news. That is the myth. Yeah, exactly. 
See? That is the myth right there. Yeah. And the weatherman answering a weather question. The question was, what exactly causes heat lightning? And he looked at the camera and said, there is no such thing as heat lightning. It doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then he explained why. But, okay, that got me on a quest of myth-busting. Just okay. things, okay. The Internet is entirely connected by satellite. No. There is a connection undersea cables, and that's most of the Internet, undersea yeah. cables. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, chloroform, like you see it in the movie, yeah. is effective immediately and lasts many hours. No. No. It takes about five minutes for someone to feel the effect. So when you see in the movie someone put a yeah, rag over rag, someone's yeah. mouth and they're down and in they're a second, yeah. no. 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 You're going to have to hold that on their face for about five minutes if you can manage that. Yeah. Uh, never use a mobile phone during a lightning storm. I've never heard no. that one. No. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard of <clears throat> that being on the on the landline right. phone with during a thunderstorm. Right. Uh, brain cells stop growing upon reaching adulthood. No. No. Neurons flourish and change throughout your life. So They keep regenerating. Yes. Uh, most oxygen on Earth comes from trees. No. Most come from the ocean. About 70% okay. of oxygen comes from the ocean. Dogs have monochromatic vision. In other words, they only see grays. Dogs see other colors, but not to the intensity that we do. Right. Okay. Now, here's one of my favorite ones. <clears throat> You're watching a movie. There's two skydivers. Now, I, I, I did skydiving for a short while in my youth. And as the skydivers are falling in the movie, they're shouting to each other. No, they're not. The wind's traveling so fast, you cannot yell to each other. Uh, I would I would say so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Wouldn't the sound waves just kind of... Right. Just, you could be right next to someone screaming in their ear, and they're not going to hear you. Okay. So, an apple fell on Newton's head, and he discovered gravity. No, the apple fell on the ground next to him. Okay, right. and that's what started. Okay, uh, bulls become aggressive when they see red. No, they don't see red, and they're attracted to the movement. Okay. Okay. Yeah, catch cold because it's cold. I always say it's rainy. It's cold. Don't go out. You get a cold. No. They're caused by viruses, not because it was rainy and cold. Or germs. Germs, right. Yeah. Yeah, not because it was rainy and cold. Yeah. Uh, brush your teeth after each meal. No, you should, according to dentists, brush your teeth twice a day. If you do it too much, you're actually removing some important things from your teeth. Like enamel. Yes. All righty then. Junior College Volleyball, Casper College back in action this morning in the National Tournament in Hutchinson, Kansas. They are meeting Blinn, Texas in a loser-out game. Yesterday, the T-Birds lost their first-round match at Nationals uh, to Miami-Dade in three straight sets, 25-23, 25-14, and 25-19. The T-Birds are making their first appearance at Nationals in 11 years, so it's a loser-out match going on right now in Hutch. College Volleyball at the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls have two more regular season matches remaining both at home, and they'll host the Air Force Academy tonight at 6.30 in Laramie. And the Cowgirls are 18-9 and overall, but 7-9 and in Mountain West Conference play, sitting in 8th place. The top 6 make the Mountain West Conference tournament, and the Cowgirls do not control their own destiny. They, they would need to win tonight and Saturday versus New Mexico, and then get some help. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to play St. Louis this afternoon at noon in that tournament down there. The Pokes have won, have a ton of new faces, considering they lost
lost a ton of people to the transfer portal after a brutal 2022-23 season. So far, the Bokes are 2-0, and they beat Cal Poly their last time out, 80-66. St. Louis is 3-0, and they beat Illinois State their last time out. Noon tip, at Mo- noon tip Mountain time for this contest. We'll have it for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Wyoming Cowboy football team will try and earn their seventh win of the year, hosting Hawaii on Saturday in Laramie. It's been kind of down lately for the folks. They've lost three of their last four after a 34-14 defeat to UNLV last Friday. So they're 6-4 and four overall. 3-3 three and three in Mountain West play. And once again, we'll see how they respond after a debilitating defeat. Hawaii is 4-7 and seven overall, 2-4 and four in league play. They beat Air Force last week in Honolulu handing the Falcons their first conference loss. It'll be a noon start on Saturday from War Memorial Stadium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. A trio of the Trona County High School athletes have signed college letters of intent. Caden Lee will be going to Idaho State for track and field. He's one of the better high jumpers in the state. Seth Wilson, another jumper in track, will go to Black Hill State in Spearfish, South Dakota. Maggie Teague will be attending Shadron State for golf. She finished fifth at the 4A State Tournament this past fall. Cheyenne East also with three athletes signing letters of intent. Talia Morris will be going to the University of Wyoming for track and field. She owns the 4A State record in the long jump. Gracie Oswald will play softball at Black Hill State. She is 538 this past season and east distance runner gracie craig will run at black hill state and that's it in sports okay a microwave destroys nutrition and food no no it just heats it all a microwave is is high frequency radio waves that pass harmlessly through the food so you're not nuking anything i've heard people say nuke your food no No, you're not it just excites the molecules and they shake a lot and that's warmth okay uh, let me see. No, da, da, no, I don't really care about that one. <laughs> you can see the Great Wall of China from space. No, you can't. No. Uh, shampoo and conditioners can treat split ends. No. No. no forget that. That's well, You hear that in commercials. No. No. Chocolate is bad for you? Actually, no. No. Actually, and a lot of people don't like it. Dark chocolate is very good for you. Yes, it is. But a lot of people don't like dark chocolate, but it's very good for you. It is. An apple a day keeps a doctor away, only if you throw it at him. Right. All right, thank you, Frank. (laughs) Let's wake up Wyoming.